Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. Today is the beginning of this new series. It's going to be a four-week series, and we have a result that we're looking for. We have a goal. We have a target we want to hit. We want to see our church family with a deep conviction that healthy family is God's starting point. Period. Healthy family is God's starting point for heaven to come to earth, for revival, for the kingdom to advance. Everything God wants to do, he starts with family. It's true. And we don't have that deep conviction yet because I could tell you, hey, how many, how many of you think that God's going to move more mightily at the dinner table or like right over here in this area when Bonnie's singing like that? I mean, which one is more likely to happen? Yep, exactly. Amen. We can go home. Let's just pray. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. God wants to move through the family. So family is God's starting point. And that's just the truth. Today's title is Heaven Starts at Home. Because family is God's starting point. Heaven starts at home. And family is God's starting point. So I, it's, it's apropos that I would quote Pastor Joel Morales. Uh, because I love what we're doing now as a church. We are collaborating between campuses to uh, really hear from the Lord about what we should be speaking on. It's beautiful. It's a really cool thing. And all we have, uh, each uh, campus pastor, overseer, each speaker, all they have is a, a passage and a key principle every week. And then we all speak from different viewpoints and everything like that. The podcast has become really fun uh, because all of the campuses are on the podcast. And you can hear this same concept in very different formats and very different ways all week long. You can just eat all week. It's great. So I encourage you to check that out. Uh, but during our process, we collaborate and we, we talk to each other. We say, how, okay, if that's the result that God is leading us towards, how do we get there? What do we need to do? So all four weeks have been collaborative. It's awesome. And today, uh, we're going to start it off with Genesis 1, 27 through 28. And we're just going to, I'm going to prove to you that family is God's starting point. Okay? You ready? Okay, two of you. Already, Awesome. Awesome. This is what it says. We're going to read it, and then we're going to pray for the Lord to just breathe through this, okay? So Genesis 1, 27 to 28, it says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord God. God of heaven, God of earth, God of all, the almighty one, we ask you to move mightily through your word today. God, we're asking for your voice to be heard within my voice, that we would hear the voice of Yahweh speaking this morning, that it wouldn't be the opinion of man, Lord, that it would be your voice, it would be your rhema. Lord, we know that we do not live on bread alone, natural things, but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So God, we say to our own ears, open to hear the word of the Lord. Come on, say it to your ears. Open to hear the word of the Lord. We say to our heart, open to receive the manna from heaven. So Father, we thank you that you are speaking through your word. Would you manifest the person of Jesus through the preaching of your word? And it's in that name we pray. Amen. Amen. I'm going to say some controversial things that are not actually controversial. It's hilarious to me that like quoting the Bible gets you in trouble on the internet. 
If you don't believe me, go look at my TikTok comment thread. Just go look at it, all right? I got like 66,000 followers on TikTok. I don't even know how that happened. All I do is talk about Jesus and people are angry about it. But there's a lot of followers. It's weird. I'm going to take over, hostile takeover of TikTok. TikTok for Jesus. Amen. Amen. I'm doing it. I mentioned some of the things I'm going to say here this morning on TikTok, and I was, I was called a lot of weird things, a lot of weird names. But I'm just going to say it to you. I'm not going to doll it up anymore because I don't have time. But let me just say this to you. The image of God is male and female, not male or female. I'll say it this way. God is not a man, and God is not a woman. God is spirit, equally represented by male and female. It's simple, biblical stuff. And I get called a trans activist for these things. No joke. I had to put a YouTube video up saying, is God trans? Like, I had to answer the question. I was being accused of saying, God is transgender. I'm like, what is wrong with you? Oh, it's fun. And they were all church people, just so you know. They were all church people. Christians. Let me help you. Verse, we read 27, but verse 26 starts off, it says, let us create the humankind in our image. That's what it says. That's a reference back to the first couple verses of the whole book. All right? So I'm going quickly now. But Genesis 1, it says that the spirit hovered over the waters, right? Maybe not in this order. It says, Elohim, God spoke, and it said, let there be light. Right there is the Trinity. Right there. So Elohim is the word God spoke. That is the masculine form completely. God, masculine form. When it says, let there be light, Jesus claimed that one and said, I am light of the world. John chapter 1 says, the light has come into the world. The light of the world. So that's the son. That's Jesus. It's the word of God. He calls himself the word, and the first words were, let there be light. And in fact, the, uh, if you actually put it in the Hebrew vernacular, it's actually light be. So the first word from God is light be. That's Jesus right there. That's the word. Are you following me so far? So we're good. We got the Father, we son, the Father, the Son. And even though we see everywhere the nuclear family requires a couple things. Like you need a dad. Amen. And you need a a mom to have a child. Oh, some of you are not going to be okay. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Why do we have the father, the son, and that other guy? Okay. Yeah, I want to spend so much more time on this than I can, but I'll just leave you with this. You cannot say spirit in Hebrew without the exclusive feminine form. It, ruach, it's impossible. First, first verses of the Bible, it says, and the ruach hovered. And the word hover is like brooding over a nest. Brooding, like hovering, like comforting their chicks. The spirit, ruach, feminine, hovered over the deep. And God, masculine, said, let there be light. Light, there be. Father, son, spirit, family. Family. Check me, man. Go ahead and check me. Look up ruach. Ruach HaKodesh, Spirit of God. Go ahead and just, you do your own research. Not only that, when people get tripped up on this, they're like, see, it says God created man in his image. It doesn't say 
man and woman. It doesn't say that. Well, you're just, that's just the spirit of stupid, all right? Because you're not paying attention in English class, and you certainly didn't take any Hebrew, and you don't know how to use a Strong's Concordance. Can you tell I care about this? I don't know. Okay. I, I'm called a kingdom equalist, all right? That's, I made that up. That's my term. You can't have it, all right? So <clears throat> the word man is Adam, and Adam is not the Hebrew word for male kind. It's the word for humankind, Okay, let us make the humankind in our image. Let us, Father, Spirit, Son, make the humankind in our image. Are you tracking with me? Okay. So the image of God is male and female. Be mad about it. If you're an insecure male and that bothers you, be mad. Or don't. Come into the truth. You know, I actually have an opinion that all the gender fluidity, transgenderism, all that stuff is due to the vacuum that the church has left. I'll prove it to you. Picture God for a minute. Picture God on a cloud. Does God have a beard? Is God a man sitting on a cloud? Like what's the, what, what's the base thing that most of the church would say? Oh, yeah, uh, it's the Father. I understand. But God is not a man. God is not a woman, no matter what that song on the radio says. God is spirit. And it takes both male and female recreating to bear the image of God. Mankind is Adam. He created, when it says he created him in the image of God, he created him and he created them. Those two words, him and them, same word. Same word. And they're not gender specific, that one, him and them. It's the same Hebrew word. It's not until Genesis 2 that we get to male-female language, okay? But in Genesis 2-7, it says God formed a man from the dust. That is the word Adam, humankind. We're going to read it. Because he and she is not used until Eve is taken from Adam. Yeah, it's right there. It's like so easy. This isn't even revelatory, but we got to say these things out loud nowadays. Whatever. Help me, Jesus. Turn the sass level down. Hallelujah. Genesis 2, 18 through 25. This is the expanded version of the creation of the human race right here. All right. It goes on to explain how it happens. So it says, then the Lord God said, it's not good that the man should be alone. I will make a helper fit for him. So this is after Genesis 2, 7 where he says, he formed a mankind out of the dust. Are you with me? Okay. And then jumping to verse uh, 18. It says, not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper fit for him. Now out of the ground, the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man, humankind. It's not male yet. To the humankind to see what he would call them. And whatever the humankind called every creature, that was its name. The humankind gave names to all livestock and to the birds of the heavens and to every beast of the field. But for the humankind, Adam, there was not found a helper fit for him. So you need to get this. I don't know how it all works. I don't know where all the pieces go. But Adam had both going on. I know. <clears throat> I don't know how it works. I'm not, I don't have the schematics on how the nuts and bolts are put together. But somehow it was all there. And Adam had the whole human race in him. Is everyone okay? All right. I'm trying to make it funny just to make you okay with it. But... Whatever. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the humankind. It's Adam. And while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the 
humankind, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, this at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Right there, it's ish. Now it's the male. First use, right there. Right there. So it's true that woman was taken out of man. Females were taken out of males. But that male was not just a male when she was taken. Okay, all right. So Adam came first and then Eve, amen? But Adam was the human race, not a male. Okay, I don't have any time for this. Genesis 2.23. Genesis 2.23 is the first use of the word ish, ish, I-S-H. He was man-ish, okay, for the first time, all right? Man-ish, that's how you remember it, ish, ish. And that's the first use. Ish is the word, Hebrew word for male. Ish-ah is the Hebrew word for female, if I'm saying that right. But let's talk about this rib thing real quick because it's beautiful. It's awesome. I love that it says the rib because that denotes equality. Amen. Not only, it's not the bone from the foot or the bone from the head. It's not to be dominated or to dominate. It's equal. Amen. It also protects the most vital organs and is protected by the strength of the arm. Amen. Come on. That's beautiful. But let me take you where I think it actually means. That's awesome. I love that. That's cool. Amen. Let me take you where I think it really matters. Okay, I know you're like, wow, no, it's just, okay, it's good. That's a really bad translation for that word. It's a really bad translation. It's okay, I take it, it's cool, legal, it's in the King James, it's authorized, hallelujah. <clears throat> it's only translated rib twice, and they're both in Genesis. It's used 41 times in the Old Testament. 30 times it's translated side, as in the other half. God split the atom. It was nuclear. He said, whoa, man. Nine times it's translated wall or corner or chamber. You know what a woman is? It's a womb man. God took the chamber off of Adam and made another out of the chamber. The womb is the chamber. A womb man. Yeah. Hallelujah. You ever heard, uh, my other half, my better half? Biblical. Biblical. And you know, whenever you have, this is just, this is just, here, I'll just, this is Kayla's opinion. Say Kayla's opinion. All right, just for a second, just because I have to. You know when you have like your your iPhone or whatever, and it's it's great, it's awesome. But then you get the upgraded model; it's like 2.0 or whatever. Yeah, there was a man, and then there was humankind 2.0. Okay, it's the upgraded second edition, right? Some tweaks were made. Just saying, we all know it's true. I'm just saying out loud what everybody thinks. All right, that's Caleb's opinion. That was Caleb's opinion. I wasn't preaching doctrine. That's Caleb's opinion. All right, we need to see each other as equals. Come on. This one's not just for the ladies, but the ladies should be happy that someone's going to say it. Ladies, you are just as much the image and likeness of God as the men in this room. 100%. 100%. That's what it means to be a kingdom equalist. Right there. We believe that the image of God is male and female. We need both. And the reality is we have lost some ground in culture because we can't even talk about the most pivotal and dynamic 
seedbed things of any culture, like sex. Yeah, did you feel that? Like, oh, he said the word. Can't talk about sex in church. Well, why does the world have the corner on sex? When it's the first thing out of God's mouth. Think about this. God had an eternity to think, what am I going to say to him? You know, you're like going to go on that first date or whatever. You're like, oh, what do I, how do I stand when I open the door? You're in the mirror. You're like, hi. No, that's dumb. That's not him. Hello. Oh, way too formal. Um, how are you? What did I do with my arm? Why did I do that? You know that, those feelings? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah? Imagine God for all eternity. Like, what do I say? Hey, holy, what do I say to him? You know? Come here, son. I need, I need a brainstorming session. You got some words for me? No? Okay. Come on. That was good. Anyway. <laughs> he spends an eternity thinking about what he would say. And the first thing he says is, have sex. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe it. The reason you're all uncomfortable is because insecure men have been leading the church into apathy around this for years. I'm not mad at anybody. I'm just not okay with my sons growing up in an environment where the public school system has more to tell them than I do about sexual intimacy and the reality of its nature, its beauty, its bliss. And the church's attempt to talk about sex has been, just don't. Just stop. Bad. Until you're married, it's bad. That's the whole position. Purity culture failed because all we did was talk about the perversion. We never told them the pure version. If you focus on the pure version, the perversion seems dumb. You know how you... the counterfeiters, they don't study fake bills to find a counterfeit. They study the real thing. But the church is on the opposite, focused on the, the bad thing, the perversion, instead of trumpeting the pure version. Did you know the marriage bed is pure and without defilement? Did you know it is bliss, bliss to be with a spouse in holy covenant? There's nothing like it. It's amazing. To know you're connected with this person forever. They're not leaving. You're one. The I got your back no matter what kind of love. That comes from the marriage bed. Why do you think the enemy's working so hard to pervert it? The first words. You know who else was listening with the first words? Mm-hmm. All nubby. Little nubs. <laughs> you didn't see that coming. He's been disarmed and defeated. He's nubby. He crawls on his belly because he's just got nubs. Wicked tongue, though. And he was listening. What's the first thing he told him? Be fruitful and multiply. Oh, I'm going to pervert that thing. Sexual immorality, sexual sin is rampant through the church because we aren't talking about the pure version enough. I don't think anyone's confused. Like, oh, yeah, it's bad to sleep around and have a lot of partners. If you're in the church, I think that's pretty basic for the most part, right? 
somewhere, some places, whatever. Got to put a caveat on everything. But where is it trumpeted that marriage is the best thing ever? You know what I hear from pulpits? Like, oh, you know, my ball and chain over there. There's the joking of the, oof, you know, the glory days, man. You know, the glory days when you're single and uh, the glory days. No, my best days are ahead of me, and it's with my wife, Jamadi Ileana Devaye Hires. <laughs> Nothing like it. That's week three. I'll leave you alone for now. We're going to go there, Ephesians 5. If you don't want to talk about sex, don't come in two weeks. All right? Don't be here. If you do, let's go. I just don't understand. You know what my dad said to me? He said to me, Caleb, the minute you have sex, you are accepting the responsibility of a family. My little brother's in the front row. He just testified. Yes, he did. He said it to both of us, apparently. <laughs> All four of us, yeah. You're accepting the responsibility of a family. Even if you don't have a child, you're still family with that woman. That's what he told me. And if you break up, you got to break up a family. He said, so don't do it until you're ready for that. And I said, no problem. I didn't. I waited till marriage. Not because I have a fear of something, but because I had a weighty responsibility, a role outlined for me that it's the acceptance of a family. Listen, young people in here, old people in here, watching on live stream, whatever, do not let the world lie to you and tell you that casual sex is a thing. There's no such thing. I don't care. Birth control, condoms, all the things. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about, I'm saying connecting with another person on that level is to be unto death. And when you break that apart, you get broken apart. The church says no service to our Young ones growing up to not talk about this or not talk like this. The moment you have sex, you're accepting the responsibility of family. And we say shame off of you. If you're ashamed of yourself, if you've done something like that, shame off of you. No condemnation. We're calling you to the highest form of living. The highest form. Husbands and wives, if you are engaging in pornography or anything like that, you are chipping away at the intimacy propensity of your union. You understand you're breaking apart the ability to come together. Stop today. Confess today. Why wait and keep chipping away at your capacity to be one? Because that is what you're doing. I love you enough to tell you this. I love you enough to talk about this. God blessed them, say them, and said to them, say them. So Adam and Eve were both blessed and commissioned to be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, so do it and have dominion. Both of them, not just Adam, not just the man, not just Ish, but Ish and Isha. The full image of God, are you ready? Is male and female, blessed and commissioned to be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. Let's talk about that phrase. That means, I already said it, have sex. Make babies. Amen? You're all giggling because it's never talked like this. There will be a day when we say this and it won't be a giggle. We'll be like, yeah, we love that. Amen? It's normal. I just think it's amazing the first thing God chose to discuss was sexual intimacy. 
And we're like, ooh, let's send everybody to a conference way far away with those other professional counselors. We can't talk about that at our church. So there's a, ooh, there's a, a sex experts coming to town. They're Christian. Let's send everybody to that conference so the pastor doesn't have to talk about it. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. Come on. We need specialists to talk about sex. We need specialists to talk about the first thing God said. You know, the first things are the most important things. It's of chief importance. Man. The priority on God's heart was not the dominion of the earth or the building of ministries. It was sexual intimacy between a husband and wife. That was the priority. He doesn't just say, be fruitful and multiply. He says, next one, fill the earth. What do you think that's talking about? He doesn't just say, have kids. He says, have a lot of them. You know who's doing this much better than Christians? Basically everyone. We're afraid that, you know, whoever's in pre who's, whoever president is, that's what's determining how many children we have. We're like, the rapture's coming. We shouldn't have babies. That's the church. How do you fill the earth with children except make a lot of them? You're like, well, what about money? Okay, so God, money is God then. You're looking at your bank account to tell me whether you're blessed to have another child? Maybe you should look at the Lord and ask him, do we have another one? And let him speak. You know what would change the world in, a, in one generation? One generation, the world would change if the church just had as many babies as God ordained them to have. It would change every paradigm. It would change every influence structure. It would change every government. There are enough of us that if we were fruitful and multiplying and filling the earth, it'd be over. This would hasten the day of the Lord for crying out loud. Islam is doing this better than Christianity. Come on. When was the last time you asked God how many children you should have? Again, shame off you, no condemnation, but you need to start asking, Lord, how many children am I ordained to have? Maybe you're supposed to have as many as you have. Maybe you're supposed to have one less. I don't know. I'm just kidding. Joking. That's a joke. It was a joke. It was a joke. My executive team told me to keep you all laughing because of the tension in the 9 a.m. So I'm trying my best here. All right. That was a joke. Every child is a blessing. It's a an arrow in your quiver. Aimed at the enemy's heart. Bang. Every single one of them. Even if you think it was an accident or whatever. There are no accidents. Every life is ordained, created by God. Amen. You just didn't see it coming. That's really what it was. Right? So we need to change our language. Church talked about that. Oh, we, you know, that was our oopsie baby or that was my. Stop. It's not okay. Fill the earth. I said this means have a lot of children. All right. Next point. Then it says subdue it. Subdue the earth. This is not talking about children and we're not talking about animals yet. It's talking about the earth. The actual earth. Subdue it. It is the earth. You're supposed to have literal control over the earth. <laughs> this word out of Strong's Concordance, subdue, means to 
bring into bondage, to force or keep under, to bring into subjection. So we should not be bound by the earth. We should bring it into subjection. I don't know about you, man. I talk to storms that are a problem for me. All right? I'm, I'm an amateur wakeboarder. All right? And lightning is a bad thing for wakeboarding. They turn everything off. You can't go out on the boat. It's the worst. So if I'm on the dock and storms are coming and I want to ride, I, you better believe I turn toward that thing. I said, nope. Go somewhere else. Dissipate. When uh, Hurricane Irma was coming. Everybody remember, remember Irma? Yeah. Yeah. My son, my 24-week-old baby boy, he was born 24 weeks, 1 pound 11 ounces, was at the NICU in Tampa General. And that, if you know where that area, that's like no-go zone, not, not to be messed with in a hurricane. Like, they were expecting like 12 feet of storm surge, all this stuff. They locked the bottom of the hospital. The first floor was locked off. Everyone had to be on the second floor or above. And everybody's evacuating. We can't leave because Judah's there. We, he's staying there, so we're staying there. You know? So I got on Facebook. I got out on Bayshore, and I said, somebody agree with me. Irma must die. That's what I said. I did. And it died down. It didn't die enough. Going from glory to glory. Amen? I was commanding the thing to die where it stood. It went down to like whatever, a three. Still did some damage to some friends of mine in Naples. That's a problem for me. But that sucker was coming right from my kiddo. And I said, no, sir. In fact, the bay, it, you, this happened recently too. The bay actually lost its water. It got pulled out. But there were news reports on, during Irma. I don't know if it happened this time. Meteorologists were saying, the way the wind is blowing, there should be water rushing in, not rushing out. We don't understand. They said that on the news. The water should be rushing in. It should, be, should not be right. And I'm like, because we stood and said to that thing, we're to bring you under subjection. You must die. You think I'm crazy? Okay. Joshua in the Old Testament. The Old Testament. The lesser covenant. What's your excuse, bro? The lesser covenant. He's like, I need some more daylight to kick these boys' tail. I'm not fighting tomorrow. I'm tired. We're doing it today. And I need a little more daylight. And he said, sun stands still so he could defeat the enemy. And it did. You know, NASA had to calculate that day in order to put satellites into orbit and all that stuff. They kept on doing the math for how to get around the earth and all to the, the orbits and everything. I don't know all the details. But they were doing the math. And then somebody said, it wasn't working out. And they're like, somebody said, hey, why don't we calculate that day that's missing? Because Joshua told the sun to send. They're like, can't hurt. We, have, we're, we got zero right now. They put that in the equation, and it worked out perfectly. I'm just saying, just saying. Subdue the earth. You know, the, all of creation is groaning in expectation, waiting for the sons of God to be manifest. Do you know why? Because it said, because of him who subjected it. Do you know who subjected the earth to futility? Adam dumb. Adam did. Some people are of the opinion that Romans 8 there is talking about God subjecting it to futility. No. God blessed it. God wanted it to thrive. Adam subjected it to futility. It says, curse is the ground because of you, Adam. Because of Adam. Adam gave the keys away. That's totally right. So we're supposed to take back all of that and subdue the earth. That's the original plan. It's not like, oh, you know what, plan B, never mind. No subduing the earth. Yeah, you're supposed to subdue the earth. Did you know that they were given authority over the earth and everything that crawls on the earth, right? 
Everything have dominion. That's what we're going to get there in a second. Did you know that in the new and better covenant, in the great commission, Jesus said, all authority in the heavens and the earth have been given to me. Therefore, you go. It's a higher commission. We don't just have authority over the earth, even though we're not taking it. We have authority in the heavens and the earth in his name. <clears throat> have dominion means to prevail against, to reign over, or to bear up under. So we're to take dominion over wildlife and every living thing on the planet. And this happens, you know, we're the top of the food chain, I get that. But, I mean, why not lions, tigers, and bears? Why not snakes that you don't like? Like, get, I hate snakes, whatever. I just, if you like them, that's cool. I just see nubby, you know, I just see nubby. I'm like, get out of here. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Uh, Pastor Scott has a testimony. He, he was in the nine, and I shared it. I'll share it again. One time he had an ant infestation in his house. And he was, they tried all the stuff. They tried all the exterminators. Couldn't figure it out. One day he just got an idea. Why don't I just tell him to leave? <laughs> so he went home and he got across the threshold. He turned around and he says, go. Ants, all of you, get out. And in a couple of days they were all gone and they didn't even need an exterminator. Completely gone. That was a God idea, right? So somewhere in our congregation, because if one of us has a victory, all of us have a victory, hallelujah. So we'll draft off that. But we're only at ants level dominion. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Why not lions, tigers, and bears? Mm -hmm. Why not? Why not? You're like, that's not the point. You know what would be easier? be easier if all the animals obeyed us. You know what would be a testimony to the rest of the earth? Those Christians, the animals obey them. They talk to storms and they go away. They keep people out of danger. Like you see a dog running towards some, some child running. You say, stop now. And it stops. This is useful stuff. Very practical. And it's the first things that God said to us as a human race. All of this starts with healthy families. Healthy family is the starting point for heaven to come to earth. Heaven starts at home. Because family is God's starting point. I believe that the Lord wants to move in every family represented here. I believe he wants to give you more than you could think, ask, or imagine. I believe that he wants to use the resting place as a pinnacle, as a beacon of what healthy families are. If you haven't noticed... The last five years of our church has been attacked in this spot over and over and over. So we're going right at it. We're not ignoring it. I'm coming right at him. It's a knot on my watch. The, it ends today. On Thursday, we were in prayer. And I just got a word. I just started shouting, reunion, reunion, reunion. And I'm just remembering it now that the Lord wants to reunite even couples who haven't come together in a long time. Families, marriages that have been not intimate. Yes, I'm talking about that. That you would be intimate again. That there's a reunion. That there be a reuniting for the sake of the kingdom. Come on. That you'd lay down your bitterness and unforgiveness and your hate for one another. And you would grab hold of the Godhead and say, teach us to be one. The question is, are you going to be obedient children? Because the first words out of his mouth, be fruitful and multiply. Would you stand? We're going to have our prayer team come forward again, and I got to go. So I'm going to pray for you. And some of you are like, yeah, pray for me. 
I've never heard sex so much in my church history. Please pray. <laughs> oh, your faces are my entertainment on Sundays. It's great. It's only going to get better or worse. I mean, this is what we're talking about for a whole month, y'all. And I'll ask you, I know it's, we're full in here, but let us deal with the problems. Invite somebody who needs to hear that God's plan is healthy families. That's God's plan. We're going to go over next week. We're going to talk about forgiveness. Forgiveness of your family members who have harmed you. Because forgiveness for family actually releases kingdom blessings. And we're going to prove it to you with the scriptures. Amen. So, Lord, I just ask you right now to give us a deep conviction that heaven starts at home. Come on, would you pray? Just, Lord, convict me of that truth, that heaven starts at home, that family is your starting point. And God, we receive your word today to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth, to subdue it and have dominion. We receive it, Lord. And we say, we want to be the healthiest families we've ever heard of. Come on, somebody. The resting place will have the healthiest families ever heard of. It will come to pass. Lord, we thank you for equipping us by your word. We thank you for men taking their roles in their household. We thank you for women coming alongside and being that etzer, that helpmate. The one, that word etzer, helpmate, is used for God 18 times. The God-like helper. That's ever-present help in time of need. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for championing the pure version through this house. Lord, we bless you and we thank you. And if anyone here doesn't know the Lord Jesus, you don't know him personally, I don't mind telling you that you're probably going through a living hell and you're headed to an eternal one. So today is the day of salvation. He does not want you in pain. He does not want you walking around just totally wrecked by life. He wants to give you righteousness, peace, and joy. He wants to forgive you of all your sins, and he already has. It's about you receiving it by faith. So if you don't know Jesus personally like that as your Lord and Savior, come down to this altar before you leave. If you're struggling with uh, sexual, you know, immorality, things like that, come down, receive prayer. If you have any pain in your body, this body, we see miracles down here all the time. Come receive the healing mercy of God. But Lord, we do ask by the power of your spirit, anyone who doesn't know you, don't let them leave the room. <laughs> Compel them, Lord. Convict them, Lord. Draw all men unto salvation by your spirit. And Lord, we thank you for this time. We thank you for this house. We thank you for what you're doing through the resting place. We say, 10 exit, Lord. Do it again. Let peace begin to truly reign in Tampa Bay. Because this family is healthy. 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 In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.